Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Kurt Dillinger on his mission to begin pro-life ministries in many countries around the world. There are incredible ministries that are going on around the globe right now that are very effective in that life message and bringing that to individual people who are in crisis. Um, and along with that, more times than not, uh, people come to know Jesus through that. So there's an inseparability between the sanctity of human life message and the gospel. Kurt Dillinger, next. While the pro-life message and movement are firmly known and established in the U.S., it is unknown in many of the countries of the world. Kurt Dillinger, founder of Life International, is trying to change that. Kurt, tell us about your background and how the Lord led you to start this ministry. Well, thank you, Bill. I served the Lord and um, the kingdom as a pastor for quite a few years. And in my role as a pastor, I was engaged with uh, all of the work that goes on for uh, upholding the value of human life in our own city and then also in our country. And so I was very, very engaged with that uh, as a missions pastor and an outreach pastor of a, of a fellowship here in Grand Rapids. And so through that, I became very acquainted with the leadership of the local pregnancy resource center and then was called to follow uh, in the footsteps of the founder of that group. Um, and uh, as a missions pastor, I was very engaged and he just felt like it was a, it would be a good uh, opportunity. He needed to uh, leave the ministry and he asked me if I would take his position. And so through prayer, felt like the father calling me to do that and then um, did that in the local area. But then through prayer, after about 10 years doing that work, which was fantastic, uh, the Lord put on my heart what was needed around the globe. And so that's been what I've been focusing in on now for the past 23 years. Okay. Well, you said he laid upon your heart what is needed around the globe. What What is that? How did that come to your attention? What is the situation around the world regarding life? Oftentimes when we think about abortion um, and the devaluing of human life, we, we think America um, is like the leader around the world, but uh, actually there is about 55 million abortions that take place around the world every single year. Uh, that's at a, a level that should alarm all of us because it's starting to have depletions of populations in certain areas. Uh, the demographics of the world are changing, and that's because abortion is so prevalent around the world. In the United States, we have about 1.2 million abortions here in this country every single year on record, and that's horrific by itself. But you start thinking about 55 million abortions that are on record around the whole world every single year. So every single year, uh, 55 million abortions take place around the world. That's the same amount as what has occurred basically here in the United States since Roe versus Wade. And so think about how that affects the father, because truly this is an attack on him. Uh, this is his image that's under attack. 
and the wicked one hates him so much he goes after the most innocent among us and he's doing it around the entire globe and uh, we're not fully aware of this usually in our discussion because we're focused on our own country which we need to be mm-hmm. but we serve a god of the nations and so here we have this incredible mission field uh, that we can enter to bring the message of the gospel and the sanctity of human life uh, all around the world. And as you talk about this and the problem, uh, it's more than a problem. The, really, it's an urgent need, uh, an urgent situation of all of those tens of millions of abortions happening every year around the world. And yet, ironically, there's a certain segment of the population that sees overpopulation as the big problem of the world. And so it, you, you're dealing with that. It's an amazing um a thought there because uh, when that book was written and released, um, we all thought that the world was overpopulated. Um, but there was no research, uh, there was no longitudinal studies, nothing that contributed to that book. It was only a theory. What book are you referring to? Uh, the uh, population explosion um, that occurred back in the late uh, or the early seventies. Okay. When that Came out and and people bought that concept hook, line, and sinker, and didn't really think about the research that uh, was required to come to that kind of conclusion. And so you have lots of argument today about whether or not that's true or not. Is the world overpopulated or not? You know, and you have some people who will say, "Well, everybody in the world can fit into the state of Texas and have plenty of room to live," but. Besides all of that, um, uh, there is um, God's design for us versus you know any kind of social structure that man wants to create for us. Uh, and you and you do have people today saying that uh, in order to green the earth, we have to have less children. In fact, it's even irresponsible to have children. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. But that's direct conflict with what the Lord says. And so we have to uh, put our trust in the Father that he knows what he's doing. And we have to begin to develop a biblical perspective on all of these theories and all of these concepts that, that man is trying to create social structures with. And, um, and I believe as we look at Scripture and God's ways uh, that he has an answer for all of these concerns that we carry concerning earth and population and food and environment and air quality. (laughs) The Lord has an answer for all of these things if we would just listen to him. Well, my guest today on His People is uh, Mr. Kurt Dillinger. He's the founder of Life International. And uh, I want to ask you about about your work specifically, what you do, how you do it, where you do it, Kurt. But before I do, the background, the history of where your offices are, of your ministry's headquarters, so to speak, is quite ironic, I suppose is the right word. Tell, tell us about what the background of your your offices uh, was. You bet. Uh, that's a, a great story, Bill. I thank you so much for asking about that one. We are right in the center of our city here, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we are in a building that was the first Jewish synagogue uh, in this city. 
and in West Michigan. Over time, it became um, other buildings and other occupants were in this building. Uh, the Jewish synagogue left and they built a larger one because they had outgrown this one. And eventually this building became the largest abortion facility in West Michigan. So it's pretty ironic, you know, with that whole storyline. And then uh, the Lord put the building on our heart through a dream. Now, I, I come from a pretty conservative background, and so I don't, uh, I don't follow dreams, you know, uh, as, as readily as maybe some other individuals do. But this one seemed to, to stick with me. A friend of mine had a dream about it as well that God wanted to reclaim uh, a building in uh, Grand Rapids for his glory. It was at one time a place of, of worship, became a place of death, and now again was redeemed. It became a place of life. And so we um, were struck with this building, felt like this was the building that we had pictured in the dreams, and we began praying. And over a five-year period of time, um, the building actually uh, was purchased and given to us. It had gone up for sale during that time period. No one purchased it. And then um, a um, friendly donor, along with some friends, really were moved by God to purchase the building and give it to us. And so that was an answer to our prayers. And so a place... Uh, that had once been a place of worship, became a place of death, now again was a place of life. And the Lord put on our heart that this would be a place where worship would occur, where the message of life would come forth, and it would house ministries that would stand for life in the nations. And that's what it is today. You can go online to our website at www.lifeinternational.com and you can see a video there that Focus on the Family created of this story. Hmm. And I encourage people to go and listen to that because it is amazing what God does in our lives, and our personal lives. But look what he did with brick and mortar. But then how much more important is a person's life than this brick and mortar? <laughs> if he can take this brick and mortar and reclaim it and use it for his work. Just imagine what he wants to do in the lives of individual people. And that's what this building stands for. It, 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 it's a completely redeemed facility for his glory. And, uh, and sometimes he chooses to do that. Sometimes he chooses to use brick and mortar to ex, you know, express to a community and to a world who he is. And that's what he has done here. As you go about uh, working to establish a pro, the pro-life movement in, in the countries of the world, can you tell us how you do that, um, what you do? Real briefly, uh, Bill, what we focus in on are key church leaders around the world because we believe the church has to become aware. Believe it or not, a lot of Christians around the world are working in uh international Planned Parenthood facilities around the world, not even realizing what is going on through that work around the globe. They don't even realize abortion is happening, and they may not even understand that abortion is not God's design. 
And so what we are able to do is work with key leaders around the world. We're working in 160 nations now around the globe. And when those key leaders are equipped with the knowledge of God's heart for life, that's what our whole effort here is, is making known the Father's heart for life. When we help that occur, we, we, we help educate and equip key leaders with this message. They then develop direct care ministries that take all kinds of forms around the world, but they are ministries that will uphold the value of human life. And through those ministries, people are coming to Jesus and they are also giving life to their children. And they are also acknowledging that even the handicapped are made in the image of God and they need to be loved and cared for because oftentimes the, those who are disabled are put in a closet in the back of a house and never seen by the community because it's a shame issue. And we can say, no, God, God loves these individuals and they can worship the Lord just like you and they're vital to the community. They're very important to the community. And so uh, this is a life message that we try to bring uh, to leadership around the globe and when they get this, when, uh, when the, that light bulb goes on in their heart, it just becomes cataclysmic almost. It just spreads like wildfire because, uh, believe it or not, people love life. <laughs> they love to celebrate life. And when they have a way to do that from a biblical foundation, uh, it just catches on very, very fast. Well, Kurt, how do you go about identifying these Christian leaders in whatever country we might talk about? Initially, it came for uh, came through just prayer and asking the Father to guide us to people in these different nations. And we started with just a few nations, like 13 to 20 nations. And then it's those leaders who know people in other nations. It's a multiplication system. And so as we have trained leaders, they in turn are training leaders, and it's starting to spread now throughout the entire globe. In fact, uh, we'll be having a global meeting and we'll be gathering these leaders together. And it might be for the first time that they even are able to acknowledge each other because they don't even know if there's other people doing what they're doing around the world, apart from Life International. And so uh, for the first time, we're gonna be together and we're gonna be able to encourage one another and hear from the Father and then be commissioned to go forth into the world with the gospel and the sanctity of human life message. And this is what I would like to ask prayer for. Um, I can't bring details to you because it puts certain leaders at risk um, uh, because uh, they can't, it can't be known that um, they are taking these stands. Um, people right now around the world are being put in jail just for saying that abortion is wrong. Why would they uh, be put in jail for that? Uh, because it's not politically correct. You're obviously talking about European countries, it would sound yes. like. Yes, yes, absolutely. So there are quite a few issues as we talk about this. It's, you know, just taking a stand for Christ, uh, we have friends who are being watched very, very closely. They've been interrogated very, very heavily. That Lots and lots of pressure on them because of their position of just wanting uh, to proclaim Christ. And then other places, it's illegal to do that. And some people are in jail because of that. And uh, so we, we are doing our best to uphold and strengthen believers in all of these areas around the world 
who are facing some of these tremendous challenges because of their faith. And as I understand it, uh, I think I probably got the information from your website, but one of the things that once an understanding of abortion is taught in in the biblical perspective is taught that they the idea of the pregnancy resource centers that we know so well here in the United States those can then be started in these countries is is that fair to say you're trying to well, we call them life-giving ministries and they take different forms it's hard to duplicate what we have in this country just because it's pretty expensive to do that but there are ways to uh, initiate and establish life-giving ministries that address those issues very effectively around the world without all of the structures and all of the buildings and everything else that, that we use in our country. And so there are incredible ministries that are going on around the globe right now that are very effective in that life message and bringing that to individual people who are in crisis um, and along with that, more times than not, uh, people come to know Jesus through that. So there's an inseparability between the sanctity of human life message and the gospel. In, in our opinion at Life International, you cannot separate that message uh, because um, when you look at John 3.16 by itself, for God so loved the world, that's a that's a sanctity of human life statement. <laughs> he, he puts value on every single human being. And he did it to, to such an extent that he gave his son for each and every one of us, that if we put our faith in him, we would have eternal life. That's an amazing combination of the sanctity of human life and the gospel message. And that's what we stand for here at Life International. And we do not separate those things. So we don't look at this as a political issue primarily. It is primarily a spiritual issue, and it's all about our Father in heaven, and the wicked one hates him so much that he attacks the most innocent among us. And so it's our job as we follow our Father, and uh, we know his heart, we will stand with him on these issues. And so, obviously, you're trying to establish a pro-life movement in the various countries of the world, but as you just explained, perhaps even the larger issue is an avenue to communicate the gospel. That's the bottom line, and that's what we're trying to do. More in description of who we are would be a, a um, an evangelistic outreach ministry through the mission field, the global mission field created by abortion. So our, we do want to see human life valued but the most important treasure that we could ever offer any human being would be a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we keep that as our focus. Well, my guest today, Mr. Kurt Dillinger, he's founder of Life International. We're talking about their ministry, their international ministry. And what countries is this situation most urgent? Every country presents a different challenge uh, concerning the sanctity of human life. And so you can, let me just talk in general terms. If uh, you're in a very uh, sophisticated society, uh, you, you may even entertain the ideas of euthanasia. You might even uh, you know, look at issues um, like that differently. And, and we would say to that society that every human life is made in the image of God and valuable, and we cannot diminish that. 
And so a message changes a little bit for that part of the world versus another part of the world where um, the disabled are not valued at all. Or another area of the world where the preborn, it's never thought of as a human being. And so they just have no education whatsoever about the development of us uh, as human human beings in the womb. They they have no idea of when that begins and and what happens in the developmental stages. Uh, we we have a little fetal model that's a twelve week old fetal model that we hand out to people, and it could be a group of a hundred people, and they'll just sit there and hold it in their hand and stare at it for the longest time because they never knew. They were not informed. And so we enter each part of the world with kind of a custom built approach to bringing the sanctity of human life message, given what are the primary violations of the sanctity of of human life in those regions. Uh, We ask them ahead of time uh, from these leaders, what are the primary issues of the violations of the sanctity of human life? And they'll tell us. And then we'll ask them what, what's being done about that. And then we would say, well, what would you, what's not being done about that? And, and what would you like to have done about that? And so that begins our discussion. And after that is defined, we come alongside them with education and training to equip them to address those vital areas where human life is being diminished. I didn't want to talk specifically about a country uh, directly. I think Um, I just want the general idea is that we approach every invitation that we have to go into countries with um, a a desire to understand what's going on there and how can we bring biblical truth about life to those regions. And you don't want to address specific countries because why is that? Because there are individuals who are at high risk around the world if it's known that they are doing this kind of work. And so I want to protect them. And, uh, and just to be aware that things are not as we see them here in the United States around the world. <laughs> There's a death march around the world that takes all kinds of forms. And so if you take a stand for life uh, in many countries, uh, you are being watched or you're being um, Uh, put into jail or even worse at times. And so um, that's why I I need to be careful uh, not to identify any nation in particular, but for you to be aware of the issues out there and to know that uh, we are addressing these from a biblical point of view as we are invited by these nations to come in and address these issues. And can you tell us about your staff? Uh, in other words, how, how many people are involved in, in your ministry of Life International and, I guess, directly involved there and then yeah. going to the other countries? Well, thank you. I, we have a very lean group here. Uh, we have uh, about 20 people on staff, and we work with leadership around the globe. And so we've divided the world into 10 different regions and each region has its own leadership team from that area. And then those leadership teams are working with leaders in their region. And so it's a very large volunteer structure. It's a multiplication structure. 
And so our staff here at Life International helped shepherd uh, that whole effort around the globe. So we're not a huge uh, ministry uh, as far as people on staff, but we have a global reach that's uh, addressing 160 nations right now. Well, Kurt, how would you like people to pray for this ministry? This may be a novel idea. Obviously, the pro-life message has been focused on the United States. We've talked about that uh, both as a church, but I mean as a, as a radio ministry here too. The idea of a pro-life movement internationally is, may is, maybe is a novel idea to many people. I think that, um, that it was true for me. I, I was unaware of what's going on globally. Um, but I think it's good to remember that we serve a God of the nations and he, he has a heart for every people group. And so we do need prayer of how we can effectively bring this message to every nation on earth. And now, like I said, we're in currently 160 nations. Uh, there are 198 uh, nations on earth that's recognized by uh, the UN as sovereignties. There are other clans and tribes and other smaller groups that may not be a nation, but they are uh, a large group of people uh, by themselves. So we're trying to reach uh, every group of people with this message around the globe. So we need prayer for that. Uh, we do need um, a prayer for uh, this event coming up uh, end of November and uh, just would like it, uh, people to keep in mind the travel challenges that come with that. I mean, all kinds of visa issues, all kinds of logistics that get involved with something like that. So pray for those as well. And then just for um, the strength of our ministry here to stay true to what the Father has in mind for us, to be faithful, and, and no matter what the pressures are in our culture or the cultures that we engage around the world, uh, to be found faithful uh, with proclaiming this truth. Uh, we just need prayer for that, to keep going, to stay the course, not give up, uh, because there are discouraging days um, that we have faced in the past, and I suspect in the future as well. So your, your ministry, obviously, uh, the meeting is going to be held here in the U.S., do you find that there is a lot of, you, you've shared it to some extent, which is why you want to be careful to not identify maybe specific countries or individuals, but there is, maybe this is redundant, but a fair amount of resistance to yes, this. Yes, there is, and there are uh, challenges with every every visa process, and so we just need to, it's not easy like we have here in the United States. Um, it's a very challenging time. Some countries don't have embassies, so they have to go to a different country to get a visa. Um, and so there's added cost because of that. Sometimes it takes two to three weeks until they have to leave their home, go to another country, stay there for several weeks, get a visa, and then come back and then go to the event. So it's very complicated. So that process uh, really needs prayer. Uh, and protection. Yeah, I'm not able to tell you where the event's going to be, so, uh, but it's, uh, it does need prayer, so I want to go that far and say, hey, we need prayer for this. <laughs> well, Mr. Kurt Dillinger, my guest today on His People, founder of Life International, and if you'd like more information, uh, Kurt, the website, lifeinternational.com? That's correct. Anything else you'd like to add about the ministry? Any, something we've left out, maybe? My heart for everybody listening 
this is what it would be um, a, a home run, I suppose, if you want to talk about it that way, is that every person would be on a journey. We call it a journey of a life giver, that they would be on a journey to know deeper and more fully the heart of our Father for life. If all of us do that, we can enter into an incredible, exciting life ourselves, but then also be proclaimers of this life to everybody around us. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Kurt Dillinger, founder of Life International. Go to lifeinternational.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Sita Slavov on her testimony of how she went from Zen Buddhism to biblical Christianity. My understanding of Zen was, so it's this practice and it's a fairly intense practice. Like mm. you you do go to meditation retreats and you sit in silence for, for days. And, and the idea being that you want to be able to uh, see reality for what it is. That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.